0: has been
1: pre-recorded for your listening and dancing pleasure. This Duck and Daddy podcast brought to you by Cunningham's Journal. Cunningham's Journal, the
0: only bar you need to know in on The World Series.
2: A moment that many thought might never happen has happened here in Cleveland. For the first time in 108 years, the Chicago Cubs our World Series champions
3: are you tired of this song yet <laughs> no, cub fans cannot be no, this song I'm Cleveland I'm Indian fans yes but, you
4: yeah, know I have a, I have a weird it's Damon, a weird
3: no, no that sounded like Nebraska at Notre Dame at the end of that contest yesterday how did that many cub fans
4: get into Progressive Park in Cleveland for game seven? Oh, the financial district in Chicago is way more successful than the financial district in Cleveland. My brother was telling me that every guy he knew sold his tickets. I mean, they're not idiots. I mean, yeah. I mean,. It, it, it's funny. I mean, I think it just goes to show that, you know, the Cubs are kind of that chicky, cool, yuppie brand. And, I mean, you looked at it, you know, you when you when you saw it move to Wrigley Field, I mean, half those people haven't been at Wrigley except to have a beer or two over, you know, and it's all the, none of the diehards were there. When tickets are going eight, nine, ten grand a, a thing, it's not the true Cub fan that's there. It's that, that yuppie, clicky, yuppie kind of. I think so. I, I yeah. I, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was one of the the best uh, World Series games that I've been fortunate enough to watch. I think I'm still amazed at how much the Major League game has changed from a standpoint of if you look throughout that entire series, and 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 lack of doing things fundamentally right or the lack of playing the game hard how many times that affected this outcome. And so you've played 175 games, and now you're going to get to the final one where it means the most, and all of the bad fundamentals that have crept into the game has on the biggest stage rears its head. You look at Baez with his airs, and everyone will say, well, that's how he's done it all year. Well, that just because he's done it all year doesn't make it right. You look at Rajay Davis. You know, in the ultimate opportunity, he's lazy on his approach. He doesn't get behind the baseball. He doesn't work through it. And now he has no ability. He throws flat footed to try to throw out Chris Bryant because he what? Assumes Chris Bryant isn't gonna isn't gonna get there. He, you know, on the ball in the gap by Contreras, he gets a take jumps in three steps and then breaks back. I mean, you see all these things from a baseball standpoint. Ramirez, what are you doing not protecting against the double in the tenth? I mean, that's baseball one oh one. Never give up the double in the tenth. Francona, why are you panicking? Montero's up. You have the best double play candidate in the entire lineup, and you're in. I mean, it's it's. I mean, all the. I mean, I've never seen such. I mean, Grant, I'm just. A, Man, you're taking all the fun out of this. I'm just a D. I mean, I, I, the and then this. Madden, what are you doing? I mean, I I never wanted to see a manager lose a game more for overmanaging than I. Had. I mean, he would have been. I mean, really, you're gonna go to Lester, and then you know you're you're just pushing all these. You're just trying to. It's like, come on. I mean. It was so badly done from a managerial standpoint on both sides of it. I mean, how can you leave Kluber in to give up five? You're going to get I mean,
3: run out. You know you're going to get run out.
4: That's, that's fine. Everybody I, loves I, these guys. What's that? No, I mean, that's the thing about you it hate is baseball. What's that? You hate baseball. I love baseball more than anything. There was nothing cooler than me and my little man and, and, and Emma yesterday watching the game. I mean, that's what we were talking about. I, I hate the national media who, who, oh, baseball needed this. Wait
3: a minute, you weren't in Omaha?
4: What's that? No, sir, I wasn't at Omaha. I had to take the kid. The kids got to get to bed a decent hour. They had school the next day. Um, but. You know you hear the national media you hear like Herb Street and Fowler and all these football guys and Cowherd and all these guys trying oh baseball needed that baseball didn't need anything. All right, baseball's fine, dandy, you know, for for the national media not being in love with baseball anymore. Look at the numbers, look at how many people are going to the games. They're doing fine. You know the the game is strong. Is it strong in certain segments of the population? No, but it's made up for in other segments of the population. And so I thought it was a grand stage. I thought it was a phenomenal game. I think the poor groundskeeper from Cleveland is probably looking for a job this morning, Um, you know, because he's the guy who who I felt like uh, really delivered the World Series to Chicago. I mean, you got to be better than that in that situation. I thought the crew chief panicked. I mean, uh, let it rain. Yeah. L- at least make it, you know. I mean, that's what I never understood. They made them go through the eighth with it raining. Yeah, you know, I mean, bit. just it, a little bit. Right, but really uh, you needed to put the tarp on for that? I mean, I understand throwing a tarp out maybe on the mound and on the on home plate, but really 17 I mean, if you look at that game, they were the Cubs were buried. They were deer in the headlights. They didn't know what was going on. And now I love how Hayward now, the guy who hit 168 is now the hero cuz he pulled everybody in a room and said, "We're going to do this." Well, what was he going to do? Pull everybody in a room and be like, "Hey guys, we we've just blew it." We no. just we should the just hero. roll over and the die. Hero is
3: the only guy with two rings in the last two years.
4: Exactly. But I us, but, but I love how you know Rosenthal's on there talking about how, oh, great job by Hayward pulling him in a room. What were you gonna do? Put them in a they it's the visitor's locker room. I love how we make heroes out. he pulled these t- this team together, and never say die. How do you know they didn't go back in the room and be like, man, we've blown it. You should be on the cowherd show right. today. Great job, Chapman. Indian, Indian fan. Yeah. So I just thought it was one of the it was really, like, I, let's just for, for search for every storyline. Hey, Ross, block a ball, maybe, wow. you know, maybe block wow. the ball as, instead of getting knocked out. Wow! Right, and then you don't. I mean, I'd get with the home run and, and everything else. It, David Ross, don't get me wrong, great story, but I just love how he's been made into this, you know, by by from the whole storyline of. Oh, we, we, we're resilient. We're, what are you going to say? I mean, you were no more resilient than anybody else. If Martinez slaps a triple down the line, how resilient were you? Right? I mean, that, that's my whole point is, you know, if, 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 if Brian slips and falls and throws it to the right field line, game's over. <laughs> right? Well, it would have been tied. Martinez was going to score. Fastest guy in Major League no, Baseball. No. The fastest guy Roll in Major League up. Baseball. Doug and Daddy show. No way, the right We didn't even know who was playing right field by that time. Great job by Fox for even letting us know who was like I've never seen anybody score on an
3: overthrown throw to first when you were the batter. He would not have scored.
4: I'm just saying that with the way the game was going, no. and how, with the rain delays and the home run off of Chapman, anything could have happened. But my whole point was, I thought a horrible job by, done by Fox from the standpoint of I didn't know who was still left in the game, who was playing, who was where, what, who they still had left in the pen. They were talking about all. They bring on Rose and Rodriguez at the point where, excuse me, can you tell me who's still available? And now back to the game. Yeah, exactly. It was just I thought <laughs> it was a horrible match. job by Fox to bring in an Alex Rodriguez. Is he not the most awkward guy to watch? Watch on television Yeah, he, but he does, he did a lot
3: better than I would have thought in this role and did, a lot of people are giving him credit. He for does
4: that. he's very knowledgeable. I just wish the 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 presentation. Oh, he's got a polish.
3: Yeah. Just kind of like his whole persona as a ball player. Okay, let's take a little breath here. Doug Doug Duda, UNK Baseball Coach, Damon Day, uh, my co-host today. Game 7 of the World Series, a classic. Congratulations to all the true Cub fans out there for uh, getting that win. Uh, Who would have ever thought Royals and Cubs back-to-back World Series champions? Uh, And, again, I'm the one that was rooting for a great series, I have a Cub shirt. I don't have a Cleveland shirt. I'll wear that Cub shirt because it was a gift, and uh, I'm not anti-Cub at all. But I have to tell you, it was it was great. In my mind, I was thinking all this that I've been talking about for the last month is you've got to make Cub fans sweat a little bit, make them sweat a little bit, make whoever sweat a little bit, make it a great series. And Cubs fans had to sweat about as much as Cub fans could handle during this series when it all got tied up. Uh, I was sitting there at 6-3. I'm going, oh, come on, Cleveland. Make one more little push here. Cut it to 6-5. Let's let let's make the ninth inning exciting all the time, wanting the Cubs to win the baseball game. Uh, but when that homer, when 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 uh, Rajay Davis hit that home run in the eighth, I went, uh-oh. Now it's just one mistake away and the Cubs lose. And bottom of the ninth, that foul ball looked like it was hit a whole lot better uh, when it ended up in about – 75 80% of the way uh, down the line into the stands but then they they end up winning the series Ben Zobras comes through so really cool and uh, we'll have a, we're will have we going to talk more about that here in just a sec. want to let you know that coming up on the program today, Luke Hoover of RotoWire. every Thursday, get your fantasy football questions in. I have to admit, I haven't seen as many drop-in ads in the middle of a season as I've seen in our leagues this week, so I assume a lot of the listeners are the same way. So Luke Hoover, at the end of the program, you can tweet us at ESPN, 1460-1550, email to the Debt Popper inbox, Doug and Daddy, at ESPN Superstation.com, or as always, you can catch us on Facebook and send your your questions in. Barry Abrams from ESPN.com's national podcast, In the Gate, will give us a few minutes about the Breeders' Cup. That'll be this weekend out at Santa Anita in California. And coming up in our next segment, we're going to talk a little Tri-City Storm Hockey. Goalie Dayton Rasmussen is going to join us, David Fine and the crew here to talk a little Tri-City Storm Hockey. They are home tomorrow to take on Omaha. Our Midtown Mart cooler question today, Midtown Mart of Hastings, home of the coldest beer and coolest topics. We asked you of the four major professional sports, what winner-take-all championship do you like the most? It was pretty close, 40% for the World Series, 37% went with the Super Bowl, 20% said Game 7 in the NBA, and 3% said Stanley Cup game seven although the people behind me will say that i said it is game seven of the world series over the super bowl because you know the super bowl's winner take all you don't know like here game five six and seven it was all on the line in the world series and it got to game seven and it went to the 10th inning and it's hard to find much more drama uh than that today we ask you which professional franchise will end their championship drought next i said with this one out of the way There's not many stories left out there. I'm surprised you didn't put the Browns on here, Caleb. Uh, Cleveland Indians haven't won it since 48. The Arizona Cardinals, football, whatever you want to go, St. Louis all the way back to 1947. The Sacramento Kings, which of course was Kansas City, Omaha, uh, all the places they've went, they haven't won it since 51. And then in the NFL, the Detroit Lions since 1957. It's easy to say Cleveland because they're right there right now. Who's going
4: to break their drought first? The Indians, the Cardinals were really close. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. There you go. I'm going Indians. I would, I would have an interesting midtown mark cooler question from the standpoint of since this is kind of in the Midwest. Was 91 or last night, which was the better Game Seven? 91 was the uh, Smoltz. Smoltz, Smoltz uh, Morris one nothing ten what, innings, right? One right? nothing ten
3: innings. This was, uh, and, and I say this because as great as one nothing is, it doesn't have the ebb and flow. Of eight seven of take the lead come back take the lead come back that doesn't happen in one nothing baseball games that's why I would say that it just you can write more chapters of an eight seven game than you can of a one nothing game
4: I go back to game six in ninety one when Puckett hit the home run and Jack Buck yelled was, we'll yeah. see you tomorrow yeah. That one series capper screams a little a, bit. I was a
3: huge Braves fan at that yeah. era. Just, yeah, Let's face it, the Royals were done in June, right? So you had to. And find Lonnie Smith,
4: with before. the if you remember the '91 series, Lonnie Smith with the huge base running error that pretty much cost them. Would you just zip it? The World Series, sorry. Let's From go, Braves to. fans. Archie, uh,
3: Archie's here. And Archie says, thanks, Damon, for telling it like it is. Game seven was entertaining for the casual fan, but was poorly played and managing. managed. Hearing Mike Greenberg say last night's game was the greatest game ever about made me puke. Congrats to the Cubs. That's from Archie. You have a
4: fan. I do have someone on my side, and I appreciate that.
3: What's your dad's name?
4: (laughs) Archibald. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a break and talk a little hockey,
3: a little horse racing, a little football. We've got state football playoffs to talk about. District volleyball tonight. We're going to try and jam it all in the next hour. Stay with us.
0: See it, touch it, buy it at the Gateway Farm Expo. November 16th and 17th at the Buffalo County Fairgrounds. New equipment, cutting-edge tech, financial advisors, seed, fertilizer, insurance, and animal nutrition dealers. Everything you need on display at the Gateway Farm Expo. Sponsored by Farm Credit Services of America, Carney Visitors Bureau, and Barney Insurance. Gateway Farm Expo, November 16th and 17th, coordinated by Kappa Co-op.
1: It's the Gateway Farm Expo. Every family celebrates life's important moments differently, even when the moment is the passing of a family member. Horner, Lisky, McBride, and Kuhl. Listen to you concerning how your family views this most sensitive time and how best to commemorate a life. Horner, Lisky, McBride, and Kuhl Funeral and Cremation continues to provide steady, comforting service as they have for nearly a century. Call them or visit hlmkfuneral.com.
0: ESPN Radio Superstation 1460 and 1550 Weather Eye Weather is brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance Agents Rich Peters and Matt Myers on North 2nd Avenue in Carnot. One play can change momentum in a game.
2: Field goal attempt for the corner with 1.6 seconds to play. And now he launches
0: up a shot at the buzzer. And one deductible is a game changer when it comes to your insurance. He hits it! A, a three-point field goal wins the state championship. That's why you should see Rich Peters and Matt Myers, your Farm Bureau agents. They can bundle your car and home together into a single policy. So, if life sends a blitz in the form of a storm or fire. Touchdown! You've got to be kidding me! You'll pay just one deductible for everything that's covered. Talk to Farm Bureau agents Rich Peters and Matt Myers today and see how simple it can be. Farm Bureau Property and Casualty Insurance Company, Western Agricultural Insurance Company, securities and services offered through FBL Marketing Services, LLC. Affiliates Farm Bureau Financial Services.
5: Here's your Tri-Cities weather forecast. Mainly sunny today, high of 72. Tonight, mainly clear, low near 39. I have 70 on Friday, lots of sunshine. Friday night, mainly clear, low near 40. I have 68 on Saturday, lots of sunshine. Saturday night, becoming cloudy, chance of rain, low near 48. I have 61 on Sunday, cloudy, chance of a shower, thunderstorm. Sunday night, chance of rain. From the Weather High Weather Center, a meteorologist, Laura Lockwood. Right now, 55.
4: Yeah, did, did, did the
3: Powerball go out last night? I mean, if the Cubs won the World Series, somebody should have won it, right? You know? Doug and Daddy's show here on Central Nebraska's ESPN Radio Superstation. Boy, they're flying in from all over the place, just so, just so your uh, you know, head doesn't get too big. Uh, this comes from uh, Scott and Carney. He says, did Damon wake up on the wrong side of the bed? Enough of the negativity. He sounds like
4: Husker fan that he always bashes when they lose. There go. Very much so totally woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You can't wake up on the right side of the bed when when you, when, get beat. when you get beat. You know, and the story behind the whole Cleveland thing is my father, both my grandfathers were ushers at Cleveland Stadium. My father was at the World Series in 48 um with his father and made the comment you'll never see another World Series win. <laughs> and my grandfather's been right. So, my father's 86 now. And I, I talked to him this morning and Poor guy. So if you see him at the Peterson Senior Center, give him a pat on the back and let him know we'll get him next year. Because uh, old man Pops is struggling with the Indians' loss. Oh, but by the way, no, you're not. What's that? No, you're not because the Royals are going to be there.
3: Yeah. The Royals got one more year in them. They do. Better, they do. You better. You better. You better plan around 2018. That's fine. 2018.
4: Pops can hang on that long. Oh, yeah. Duh. He's got. He's got some run. He's, <clears throat> he's got. He's got another run until he gets it there. So. Because you know the last time the Indians lost was in extra innings. Yeah. Yep, they were the last. They're the last team to lose the World Series in game 7. Now it's back-to-back time for them. Last team. I mean, it's just there's so many things. What if LeBron, my brother said, my brother posed the question to me of, what if the Cavs would have lost too? Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Here here's one that was thrown
3: out on Twitter, but when somebody said it to me, I said, you saw that on Twitter, didn't you?" Uh, you know in military time what time the game started last night? No. 1908. <laughs> Free out just a little bit here at the midway out Auto- And there's
4: 108 stitches in a baseball.
3: Uh oh. And
4: 108 years between titles.
3: What about the baseballs you use? Are there 108 stitches? In those? Yeah, they're all not those low budget 98 stitch baseballs.
4: Oh, our batting practice balls—they're probably
3: got five. <laughs> Doug and Daddy Show, UNK Baseball Coach David Day with us in studio here at the Midway Auto Dealership Broadcast Booth, Midway Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, and Midway Chevrolet Buick GMC Cadillac. Now through the 11th of the month, qualified buyers get 0% for 72 months on all 2016 Chevrolet models on the lot at your Midway GM dealer on South 2nd Avenue. Midway also has company cars that uh, you can come on down and see what's going on. They're cars that they put in the service department for 3,000 miles and let customers use while they're getting their vehicle worked on. Whatever it is you need, new, pre-owned, they've got them there for you at the Midway Auto Dealerships, South 2nd Avenue in Kearney, and think Midway. Well, the Tri-City Storm had a little time off, then they went up to Fargo, got a win, and had a shootout loss last weekend, and just one game this week against uh, Omaha, and that'll be at 7.05 tomorrow night on the Breeze, and we are pleased to welcome in the uh, goaltender for the uh, Tri-City Storm in studio with us, Dayton Rasmussen. Uh, Dayton, good morning, thanks for the time, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm great. Damon, on the other hand, as you can tell, a little on edge this morning. Did you watch the World Series last night?
5: Um, I watched a little bit, and then I followed uh, the ending of it. And how much hockey did you watch last night? I watched two games last
3: night. <laughs> See, there you go. It all depends. You would vote Game 7 of the Stanley Cup as the most exciting, right? Yes. Yep. Tell me a little bit, what did you do with all this time off? You've only had two games like in three weeks
5: now. Uh, did you guys get to spend some time away from Kearney, or was it all here? Um, we, uh, we stayed here. We had the concert uh, Friday night. I think it was Chris Young. Then I actually uh, I was able to uh, go home and take my ACT in Minnesota, which was nice. <laughs> but, uh, but we just practiced, uh, spent time together, and uh, it was mostly in Kearney. How did you do on the test? Hopefully better than last time. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever think that Damon when you did you take ACT
3: or SAT? That's ACT, ACT. And and what did you think when you walked out of there the first time?
4: I thought I nailed
1: it.
3: Yeah. And then when you got your score? I was very disappointed. And then the second time you took it,
4: did nah, you take it a second time? I, I took it three. Okay, yeah, I took it two, twice. Yeah. I think I took it twice. Yeah, I took it three. I definitely did better the third time.
3: The, the second time you went, oh god, and then the number comes back better, and you go, yeah. okay, I'm just, I'm just gonna color in C yeah. every single. The time.
4: second time I definitely had the sophomore slump.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Dayton Rasmussen, Tri City Storm is uh, with us here. Dayton, now let's let's get a couple hockey questions in. Obviously, uh, coming up off of a Clark Cup championship and taking over for, really there was two or three. Three MVPs for the team last year, but Jake Kylie saw a lot of time and uh, was outstanding and stellar down the stretch. Uh, what did you take from him that uh, you wanted to use to start this season off for yourself?
5: Uh, well, first off, uh, Jake Kylie outstanding goalie. Um, you know, I just kind of, I just kind of watched him and tried to take away everything that I could. Um, he did such a great job um, on the mental aspect of the game, and he just uh, he had that mentality of. Um, just like take the next shot, uh, focus on the next shot. So I really try to take that from him and not look too far into the future, especially if you kind of get on a hot streak and play a couple of games in a row. So I just kind of watched him and I mean we trained in the summer together and we're good buddies. So kind of just kind of being around him and just kind of try to just kind of model my mental game after his.
3: You guys are both from Eden Prairie, Minnesota. How long did you actually know him? Did you cross paths in high school, or was the age difference just that uh, in, in leaving home and all that? Did you know him really before he came to the Storm?
5: I he was I think he was three I think he's three grades older than me, so we never played association hockey together. So like if I was a Pee Wee, he would have been a Bantam. Um, and then I never went to Eden Prairie High School. I went to a small private Catholic high school called Holy Family. And then he actually left and went to uh, play Triple A, But, I mean, we, uh, we had, like, some goalie camps together. So we met, but we weren't, like, that close of friends. But we skated in the summer together. And that's kind of when we really got to know each other. But then our friendship really kind of grew last year in Tri-City. You've heard of Eden Prairie. Yeah. Yes, sir. It's a huge baseball
3: town, and it's also a huge hockey town. Uh, were you a baseball guy as well, or, or was baseball and hockey, did they mesh while you were up there? Can you tell us a little bit about that?
5: Um, I was not a baseball player, but uh, I, have, I, know, I know some kids who do play, and, um, and they do have a really good program there. Great sports, town.
4: It's great youth sports town. I mean, you, you guys got athletes turning out of there all the time, and and obviously things are going well for you. Storm. I, I was I was interested to see your commitment to the University of Denver, and you, you kind of I looked at your bio, and you kind of have a what's your connection to the Colorado area? Is it the,
5: is it kind of your goalie coaches, or is it just that U D U was was the school for you? I played uh, in Colorado two years ago for the U sixteen Colorado Thunderbirds, and then my brother actually went to uh, University of Colorado Boulder and is living out there currently. Um, But just uh, the head coach uh, at the Thunderbirds, he's actually a Denver alum, and he played there. So uh, we just had a really good connection from him to the school, and with me being 15 minutes away from Denver, they got to see me play a lot. So just built a really good relationship with them, and um, I just really liked the confidence they had in me.
3: We're talking with goaltender Dayton Rasmussen into the Tri-City Storm here on the Doug and Daddy Show. How do you feel the start of the seasons went for, first, you personally and the team?
5: Uh, I think it's gone well. We, uh, I mean, we had that little bit of a rough patch, but, I mean, that's going to happen to everybody. Um, but I feel like we've rebounded um, really, really good from it. And uh, I just think we're looking to build even more and win even more hockey games.
4: As the season progresses, and, and and Coach McCall obviously getting you guys ready to go, what what's the next step for your team? What is the as you guys kind of come off this this lull of playing, and, and you kind of get into a little bit more of a routine of playing every week? What what's the next step that you that you and the team are looking forward to taking?
5: We just uh, we're just kind of focusing on the next game. Um, it's really hard not to look ahead and focus on the next game, but. All we're worried about right now is playing Omaha, getting two points. And then uh, I mean we have a little bit of time off because we only play one game this weekend. But then we're just kind of we're just worried about the next weekend.
3: So. Dayton Rasmussen's with us. Uh, whatever the sport, if you get to put on the colors of your country at any point, that's kind of a cool deal. You did get to play for a, a team USA for a little bit. Uh, can you tell the fans what that was all about?
5: I played for the Five Nations Tournament. Um, three years ago, I believe, and then two years ago I played for the Ivan Holinka tournament. And they basically select a team out of um, what they call national camp, national development camp. It's a camp that, uh, that they select um, players from all around the country, and then eventually they form like an all-star team from the camp, and then they'll pick um, kids from the all-star game. To uh, go represent the country overseas, um, and it was just a great experience to put on the colors. Uh, nothing really beats it. It's uh, pretty amazing, and it's uh, and the whole experience with being overseas and playing against like Russia and Finland and um, doesn't get much better than that.
3: What was the best part of not of the non on the ice time when you were overseas?
5: Um, probably. Because, you know, you don't really know any of the guys because they're from all over. So, I mean, you get to meet guys from all over the country, then kind of just touring around, you know, uh, Slovakia and Czech and getting to see some really cool sites and just being around the guys.
3: Dayton Rasmussen with us for a couple minutes here on the Doug and Daddy Show. Home tomorrow night against Omaha, Saturday off, and then really get busy between uh, now and the uh, break at the end of the year when we uh, break for Christmas. Uh, have, you, have you developed a rivalry in this league yet? Uh, has the team found one? I, I know it's been talked about. I've got a couple, three different answers. Uh, who do you see as the rival?
5: I see a rival as Lincoln and Omaha, you could say. Lincoln and Omaha.
3: But you've tussled with Lincoln enough already this year that it's up another notch, right?
5: Yeah, exactly.
3: When, talk about the other goaltender right now. We've already had a switch uh, with the Tri-City Storm. Uh, talk about that if you can and, and, and let us know uh, what that switch was and How that works, because as we said, every once in a while, backup wants to come in because you got to give him some time, like yourself last year, or uh, to give number one a a breather. And I know you, you in your mind, you want to be in there all sixty games, but in your body, that's probably impossible. Tell me a little bit about uh, your other goaltender.
5: Yeah, well, uh, Eric Dopp joined our team uh, last week, say, Um, and you know he's a great addition to our team, and uh, you can really tell that he already fits in with all the guys in the locker room. And it's really important to have two goalies that can give the team a chance to win every night. I feel like Eric gives us that, and um, I mean we're just kind of focusing on pushing each other every practice, and I think we do that already. So he's a great addition. So uh, you're
3: gonna be uh, playing on your birthday. What, what's what's the plan for what's the plan for birthday tomorrow? We have special we have special meal. We got cake afterwards. What's going on? You're gonna turn the big one eight.
5: Um, uh, I don't really know. I mean just uh I think my parents gonna be in town my parents will be in town, which will be really nice, so I'll get to see them and um hopefully it's gonna win. I mean that's all I could ask for, for my birthday.
4: <laughs> Can't ask for more
5: than that, seven oh five tomorrow night. Lottery
4: yeah. tickets and cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Right? You just dated yourself there. You just dated yourself there. Uh, The voice of the storm, David Vine, is
1: with us in studio as well. Uh, We'll get a couple of thoughts. You got a big promotion tomorrow night, too, David. Yeah, social media night. And what actually we just uh, figured out is going to work. During the game, if you come out and you're a Snapchat user for Social Media Night, uh, you can use the official storm geo tag for during the game. So, basically, for those that don't know what that is, basically, if you swipe left or right on your phone after you take a picture on Snapchat, it will come up with a special. Uh, storm design, so that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, we're working up some other things in the hopper about some different social media uh, Related things for example uh, Dayton might be announced as starting a net at DRAS 31 or something yeah. like that uh, But some of the other things we have we have uh, the Nebraska lottery helping with tweet your seat and they'll be giving out some lottery tickets and uh, Some prizes for the fans and it's sort of strange that this is only three games in 25 days for the storm and Omaha is on an eight game road trip yeah. and at the and this is game 7 of it they've already traveled like 3800 miles in the last 3 weeks and by the end of this weekend they're they will have traveled 4400 miles and it kind of reminds me of last year with the storm where it went about 3,800 miles in three weeks. And that was longer than the distance to the Panama Canal or something like that. Yeah, yours is coming, right? Uh, everybody everybody gets some, maybe not quite that bad. The storm it. doesn't have longer than a three-game road trip the entire year. But it'd be like, you know, road trip six of eight games on the road. But three straight, that's clearly the you know lowest in the league. Sort of just interesting. Clearly different. I know when we picked up the schedule at the beginning of the year, we went, huh. There's no eight-game home stands and eight-game road trips, and it's it's like ultra balanced. I mean, think about it: the Cleveland Indians, or rather the Chicago, I should say, the Chicago Cubs had a three-game home stand in the World Series, yeah. and that would have been equivalent for the Cleveland Indians to the Storm's longest road trip the entire year. That's crazy. Anything else we should know about uh, Dayton today? Um, Yeah, he was rated as one of the top uh, on the NHL preliminary watch list for the NHL draft. So it's exciting to sort of having gotten to know Dayton last year uh, uh, to see him in this season. And it's been really great to get to know time even better. Dayton, last question. We were talking about this before you came on the air. A lot of Storm
3: alum now, more than ever, are competing in the NHL, competing at the next level, whatever that may be, and they're doing very well. Uh, how does that bode for being a Storm player right now, and and being on a franchise that has the Clark Cup and guys that are doing well at the next level?
5: I think that has a lot to do with uh, kind of the coaching we have here. I think uh, we have the best coaching staff in the in the league, and. It's great to see the guys that you played with last year have success in, at the next level. Um, especially great guys, too.
3: Well, we'll let you guys get out of here and uh, get back to work. Happy birthday tomorrow, and uh, hopefully you. you get that present you're looking for. <laughs> Thank you. David Fine, voice of the Storm, and goaltender Dayton Rasmussen joining us here on the Doug and Daddy Show. Storm at home tomorrow against Omaha. Catch him at 7.05. We're going to talk about the Breeders' Cup and fantasy football and all the other things that Damon Day wants to cover when we come back on the Doug and Daddy Show.
1: So the Spartans have a lock on this one. Clock's winding down. Here's the handout to the tailback. He's hit at the line of scrimmage. The ball's loose. Picked up by Nebraska. At the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown! Huskers win!
0: Now add the best food and drink specials around, and you just witnessed a game day at Jersey Sports Bar and Grill. Your true neighborhood sports bar, where the grill and the game are always on. Vista Point Shopping Center, North Carney.
6: At CopyCat Printing, we do more than copy and print. We help our customers communicate. Today, the need for effective design is stronger than ever. With the experience from our design team, let us help you refresh your look. Whether it's a new design or enhancing your current vision, we provide personalized designs for any project in mind. Design isn't just a job, it's our passion. Contact the design team at CopyCat Printing, 2100 Avenue A, visit CarneyCopyCat.com, or like them on Facebook. CopyCat
1: Printing, the better idea. Okay, guys, two things to remember, GNC and JXT5, a men's supplement that works in five different areas, testosterone, joint, libido, prostate, and vision. I've been taking JXT5 for a month now, and here's what I've noticed. More energy. I walk five to ten miles a day at my job, and I've noticed a lot more energy getting through the day. Plus, both my knees and feet feel much, much better. Do yourself a favor and learn more about JXT5 at any of the GNC locations in Grand Island, Hastings, and Kearney.
7: Well, it's one for the money,
2: two
3: for the show. Now, daddy's show here in the Midway Alley Leadership show broadcast booth. Rolling along on a Thursday, Luke Hoover's going to answer your fantasy football questions. So much going on that I know a lot of things getting overlooked. Price is Right show was in Grand Island last night. Packed, overlooked. Come on down. Price is right. The 50th anniversary of the is on last night. A lot of pub on that this morning. We've got the Breeders' Cup coming up. And it doesn't stop because we've got Thursday night NFL football tonight. Could be a high-scoring affair as the Falcons, the number one offense in the NFL, takes on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that will be at 7 o'clock coverage, 7.25 kickoff here on ESPN Radio. In Tampa Bay? Yeah. Are you ready to flip the switch that quick? To football? Just to anything. I mean, it, it just it doesn't stop. I mean, in three days, Cub fans will still be enjoying it, but the rest of the world will have moved
4: on. I think the rest of the world has moved on already. Yeah, I I definitely. I mean, that's what's great about it. You kind of it happens, and then you buy the T-shirt, and you 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 move on to the next one. I do have to give a shout out to my baseball ops guy, Colton Wersbicki. He's been a a downtrodden. He's been through so. to be honest with you, it's quite idiotic how he acted. So <laughs> I, I'm just, he wanted me to give a shout out cause he's some diehard Cubs fan. I think he's 21. They didn't know how to react. He's 21. Well, he's not old enough to live. exactly. He's not allowed to say diehard. He's no. not allowed to say he's been through a lot. Like I got to listen to this guy. Like he's 58 years old and you know, grew up on the North side and just the, the anguish that he's gone through. You've been through no anguish when you're 21 and been a sports fan. Missed rent to get a Cubs ticket. Yeah. I mean, that's the stuff you got to have. He's so that's the thing that I, I saw. So my shout-out is congratulations, Wiki. The Cubs have won, but it's not really that big of a story because you, like so many other diehard, quote-unquote, young Cub fan, have only known them since Epstein's been the GM. Can you even name who the who the GM was before Epstein. That's what I always ask those guys. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. He's always been there. No, he uh, was actually with the Red Sox. Yeah,
3: no kidding. You so, little pups.
4: How does this time just keeps
3: flying on this show? Barry Abrams is because I just us. keep
4: ranting about yeah. this, and I'll admit I am a disgruntled Cleveland fan that lost again in the in the seventh game in extra innings. Oh, man. Barry Abrams, he has got another great
3: podcast up on In the Gate talking about the Breeders' Cup this weekend. He has been a friend of the Doug and Daddy Show, and we're pleased to have him back. Barry, did did you have a rooting interest last night?
6: Not a rooting interest. I want to state one thing before we get into that, I actually have a connection to uh, 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 Dayton Rasmussen, whom you had on. He talked about having uh, played in the Ivan Linka uh, hockey tournament for Team USA One of my very good friends was an assistant coach on that team. Our sons play on the same youth hockey team here in Connecticut, and he is an assistant coach for the Hartford Wolfpack of the American Hockey League, one step below the NHL. His name is Pat Bowler, and I believe he coached Dayton Rasmussen on that Team USA squad that lost the final of the Ivan Lincoln tournament to the Czech Republic in mid-August. So certainly a great start for Dayton Rasmussen, no doubt about it.
3: Okay, that just freaked me out. I mean, there's a lot of small world things out there, but that, we've got Barry National, we've got Dayton, uh, that, that's a great connection, Barry. Thanks, thanks for the story and, and tying those things together.
6: It's, uh, it's just the small world, and uh, yesterday here in Connecticut, I don't want to get too far off topic, but we had a memorial service that wasn't made public for the late great John Saunders, who... We lost as one of our longest-serving on-air hosts here at ESPN. We lost him around the same time as that tournament in mid-August. And the people who came in for this from all over the country, from two countries, because there were Canadians there too, since John Saunders was a proud Canadian. And the the small world stories that they all told were just unbelievable. If we had an hour, I could tell them to you, but it's. It, You really learn when you go to something like that what a small world this is. And the world is all coming together for the Breeders' Cup. There was supposed to be a horse there from South Africa. That's not happening. But you have a lot of Europeans meeting the best from North America, and they're going to make that whole world a lot smaller on Friday and Saturday, too.
3: Folks, you can always catch up uh, with In the Gate on the ESPN podcast, Ed DeRosa and some other uh, big-time uh, handicappers and folks with knowledge uh, talking on the, the one that I was listening to, Barry. and uh, There's so many different races here. The Classic always gets all the play, and we'll touch on that. But uh, of the other races Friday and Saturday, what are a couple that stick out to you?
6: Oh, my goodness. The main event on Friday is the Distaff the, for older fillies and mares and you have three seasonal champions all in this race together. All Eclipse Award winners, Beholder, Stellar Wind, and, of course, the undefeated three-year-old Philly Songbird, who has really hardly even been challenged in her entire career. And the question is, can she rise above the older ladies to take home the distaff? My gut tells me no. First of all, Songbird is going to have to go from the rail in that race, which is a very difficult thing to do in a big field because you can get swarmed by everybody around you. And in order to avoid that, you really have to use a lot of early speed to keep yourself kind of even or in front of that field. And I just don't see how she's going to be able to do that all the way around against that quality competition. I really like Beholder here, and I love Stellar Wind too, and it's just a fantastic race.
3: You just nailed one of the questions that we had sent in to the Doug and Daddy show because they knew uh, Barry was going to be on. So we've got that in the distaff staff to, uh, tomorrow. Uh, what else are you looking at?
6: The other really, really quality race here is the mile. And in the U.S. and in North America, turf races really don't get the due that they should. Dirt racing is usually what gets the headlines around here, but my goodness, this is some race—the uh, mile—and it's rare. You know, we make a big deal whenever a female horse races and beats male horses. Well, in the mile, you have five female horses running against boys. It's really just a big booyah base, and you have Tepin in this race—the great Tepin the female who's based in this country who went over to Royal Ascot in June and beaten the best European males who are better than the best North American males in the Queen Anne Stakes. And she may not even be the best filly in this race. Uh, Miss Temple City, trained by Graham Motion, who also ran at Royal Ascot, didn't win but came back to beat Colt here in the Shadwell Turf Mile last month. It's just a fantastic race. There's a great horse coming from Ireland named Lomato, who won the Darley July Cup in, in Europe. Just fantastic. I mean, the, the amount of talent here. Ironicus for trainer Shug McGahee. Very, very consistent horse. Uh, this is a phenomenal race.
4: This weekend, the race is in Santa Anita. Uh, one of the, the most famous Race tracks, I guess you could say in the United States are expecting over a hundred thousand, uh, viewers. Is Santa Anita the, the best venue for horse racing?
6: Well, it's, it's right up there. I mean, I hate to say it. A lot of racetracks are not in very nice areas. They're just not nice places to go, even if they're nice inside the grounds. Santa Anita is in just a, a bucolic little area just about an hour north of Los Angeles in the mountains, you can see them behind the track when the vistas are shown on TV, and it's just beautiful. It's right next to a beautiful upscale mall, so you've basically got both wor- the best of both worlds in there. Uh, it's a lovely place to go, and it really has the best infrastructure for hosting a big event like this. Because there's so much hotel space, there's places for the rich people, there's places for the middle class people, Uh, the traffic in and out of there is not too bad, it's a beautiful venue. The only thing is the Europeans don't love it because the ground is rock hard, which is not what they're used to in Europe, and the ground makes a big difference when you run on grass. Not as much on dirt, but on grass, the consistency of the ground, how much water it's taken and how firm it is makes a big difference, and they don't love that over there. Plus the fact that in Europe it's a lot cooler than it is in California, so the horses have already started to develop their winter coats, and then they come to Los Angeles where it's in the mid-80s or higher, and they're dying. I mean, picture standing outside, but it's 80 degrees wearing a winter coat. It's not easy. So They don't love it there, necessarily. They would love the East Coast better. Keeneland last year was perfect for them, but it's still a great venue to host an event like this. Talking
3: with Barry Abrams, National Horse Racing Analyst, In the Gate podcast at ESPN.com. I always think uh, you find out a little bit about the future when we go to the juvenile stakes on Friday. And uh, as I look at it here, it looks like uh, we've got about two or three horses that uh, folks like, maybe uh, three or four long shots like every race. What do you think about the juvenile uh, where not this time is the slight morning line favorite?
6: Yeah, I don't love not this time here because I think he's going to be part of a huge pace scenario. I mean, again, with any race, human, equine, or otherwise, if you watch the Olympics with you know, all the uh, track and field events, the question is who's going to set the early pace and how many of them will there be and how competitive will they get amongst each other, how hard will they push each other, and what will they have left for the end? And I think in the juvenile, what typically happens is that these horses are still pretty new at racing. They've only run two or three times at most in many cases. So they just don't get how to pace themselves to save enough energy for the end. And I think in this race, you're going to have... Five horses, including not this time, who may get caught up in a big speed duel. Unfortunately, one of those I think that's going to get caught up in it is that my settlemental choice. I'm a big Mets fan. <laughs> I know the Cubs won last night, but Cindergard is running in the juvenile, and he, I have to root for a horse named Cindergard, but I think all of those horses are going to get cooked. And the horse that I think stands out here is Classic Empire, who has just been a stud on the East Coast, three wins and four starts. Uh, the only race he didn't win, he didn't have his regular jockey, Julian Leperou, and threw his jockey at the start of the hopeful stakes at Saratoga. So other than that, he's been terrific, and he's yeah. going to be able to sit right off that pace, and to me, he should have it his own way. Well, let's
3: get to the classic. This is the one where all of the big-time horses, including California Chrome, are supposed to be a a field of 14 uh, with the 2014 Derby favorite uh, right up top there, Frosted Gunrunner, so many other great horses. Uh, Melatonin is one that I'm seeing getting a a lot of play here. Uh, What do you think of the classic?
6: This is as anticlimactic as a race as you can get. It's Uh-oh. purely a victory parade for California Chrome. I can't see anybody coming even remotely close to him. He has been so dominant and so consistently dominant since the start of the year. It was, and what makes that so amazing, guys, is that last year he finished second in the richest race in the world, the Dubai World Cup, and is owners wanted to run him at Royal Ascot in June something happened to him in England I don't know what but he came back he never did run and he came back looking like a horse that god forbid you would just take off uh, a slaughterhouse auction he was emaciated you could see his ribs he looked terrible so he got the rest of the year off a good you know six months or so he has not looked back since. He won his uh, seasonal debut in February, went to Dubai, won the Dubai World Cup, and he has, uh, his race in August in the Pacific Classic is just a thing of beauty. It, it was Secretariat-esque. And I, I keep, the only horse people are saying are going to touch him would be Arrogate, the winner of the Travers at Saratoga, three-year-old. But the problem with Arrogate is that he is a pace horse, and if he doesn't get the early lead by himself, he's going to fall right off the table, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think he's going to get pushed here by California Chrome, too. I think California Chrome is going to go up for the early lead, and I just don't think Arrogate can stay with him, quite honestly, and I don't think anybody else can either.
3: Barry's done a good job of nailing a couple of questions before we've asked him because our friend James in Grand Island says, ask about the Baffert hot shot at Arrogate. Uh, it had a one and three-quarter rags last time. Very impressive. Might be a monster, but you just don't think it'll be there.
6: Well, he, his race in the Travers was just ridiculous how good that was. But it was the only time he's ever run in a race of that magnitude, and the numbers were just so far above anything he has ever done that it's hard to believe he would be able to pull that off again against a much higher level of competition, including older horses. Now, granted, Arrogate is based in California, so he's just going to walk out of his stall and run. He doesn't have to ship there. That helps. But this the style here just doesn't seem to set up for him. I also think he's going to run poorly at Santa Anita on a track that's not nearly as deep Saratoga is a very deep track and it's quirky and some horses love it and some hate it because it's so deep it's, it's very hard to run through you don't just glide over the ground so those who can really handle it are going to do much better and that's not going to be the case in California where it's a lot easier to get over the ground and everybody else kinda of comes back to Arrogate I just don't think this is. The, he's a very still a very talented horse. I'm not trying to dismiss his Travers win as a you know something he'll never do again per se. But I think the rest of the field comes back to him, and the a California Chrome to me is just so much better than everybody else. I can't see anyone touching him. Give us
4: your best bets and long shots of the weekend. <laughs>
6: well, you've heard the best bet. If you're looking for a long shot here that has a chance. I would go to uh, the Dirt Mile, which is one of the first races on Friday. I really think a horse named Tamar Kuz has a strong chance to take down this field. The favorite is Run Happy, which, well, Dortmund is probably going to go off as the favorite. And he could be the only pace in that race for Bob Baffert and just run away with it. But I like Tamar Kuz here because he's... I think the last two races he had were sneaky good. They're the only two races he had with Mike Smith as the jockey, who I think is the best jockey in the country. And those were strong races. He finished second last couple of times, and I think he has a real chance to go up and challenge Dortmund on the front end. And I think he might be a little classier than Dortmund. I'm not saying he's going to win, but if you're looking for a long shot, he's going off at 8-1. to one. And the other thing about it is Run Happy, we said, is going to have a lot of money in his corner. I don't understand how. He's the breed defending Breeders' Cup sprint champion, but he has done virtually nothing, literally, since last year's sprint. He's only run once or twice. And I, I just can't see how he's going to be ready to take on a field like this. So if you're looking for a long shot that's going to take some money, I would look to Tamar Kuz. If you want another long shot in here, um, if you go to the sprint, which is Saturday, uh, one of the big favorites is out, and that's Lord Nelson for Bob Baffert. He has an infection, and he needs some time to heal. A lot of people like Masochistic, who was based in California, is 2-1 on the morning line. He's only run twice this year, and I just don't think he's seasoned enough to do much against this group, and he really faded badly in last year's sprint. So a horse that I would take a look at in this race would be Mind Your Biscuits, who goes from the rail. His best two races have come with Jockey Joel Rosario, who's back aboard. By the way, great story there. His trainer is twenty-two-year-old Robert Falcone. <laughs> He's twenty to one here. He's a closer. And I think there's gonna be a lot of pace for him to run at. Now I'm not saying that closers usually win the sprint, because they don't, because the horses are so good that the speed usually holds. But again, if you're looking for a long shot, I think has a chance here. I would go to the sprint with mind-your biscuits.
3: Barry Abrams, if you want more, go to ESPN Podcasts in the gate. Uh, Barry, a lot of ways to listen to it, isn't there?
6: Yes, we are available, on, of course, on ESPN.com. We're available on SoundCloud, which also then feeds the iTunes store for downloading, uh, Stitcher, and TuneIn.com. And we also post it on YouTube. And this Saturday, after the classic, TuneIn to ESPN.com and YouTube, because not only will our podcast be audio, it will be video in nature, a wonderful Veterans Day story on a retired Gulf War vet who took a retired racehorse, a winning racehorse, and taught him how to paint, and it helped this uh, particular Gulf War veteran come out of his own funk. It's a wonderful story, so when the classic's over, tune over to us. We have some fun there.
3: Good, good stuff as always. Barry, we always appreciate the knowledge. Thanks for giving us some time here in Nebraska on the Doug and Daddy Show. Uh, Enjoy the weekend.
6: Thanks, gentlemen. You too.
3: Take care. Barry Abrams with us here in the Midway Auto Dealership Broadcast booth. uh, The Breeders' Cup going on this weekend, and the Classic, of course, the final night, uh, a chance to invest and have some fun watching some of the best racehorses in the world. Coming up, Luke Hoover, Uh, real quick uh, before, I don't want to overskip this either, you will have, we've talked about it on the sports, Uh, you kind of gave us a heads up a couple of weeks ago, you do have a coaching change on your staff as uh, one of your top coaches, Marcus Clapp, is going to take over at Northeast Community. College and build a program
4: without a doubt. Excited, just super excited for for Coach Clapp. He's a, he's a personal friend of mine as well as a as a as a great partner uh for us at the University of Nebraska Kearney and you know we're we're sad to see him go but uh it's kinda like I told the guys I mean this is this is a chance to run your own show and this is what you this is what you get in the game for. He's paid his dues. Um he's he's a loyal guy he's a first class guy a great family man and, and we're losing a lot. I mean we're losing a special guy that, that's been a huge part of our baseball program but um you know he gets a chance to run his own show and so we're works really we're just really happy for him and happy for his family and just just feel blessed and honored that he was a part of our coaching staff and a huge part of our program, and, and we wish him nothing but the very best moving down the road. And so, you know, we're gonna make some changes and, and do some things in house and and start the process to to see who's gonna take over there. I'm not in a big hurry, you know, not in a big hurry. I, I like where we're at. I like the young guys that I have on my staff. I like we're a senior team. We we got some leadership in some positions that doesn't make it as necessary as maybe some other years to run out. I want I want to be methodical. I want to be detail oriented and, and seeing who we're gonna. Who 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 we're gonna bring in? It's a critical hire for us. It's a it's an important hire for where we're at in the MiAA. We've been building and building and building, and so, um, you know, it's 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 one of those things to where we're just gonna take our time and and let the the right person kind of present itself and the right opportunity present itself. But man, just just proud of Coach Clapp and just proud for 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 him getting that opportunity to to take over his own show is something really big. Uh, Loper Coach Damon
3: Day, I can tell you folks off-air how much he has talked about Coach Clapp over the years, so I know this is a big loss for your program. Uh, we're going to take a break, have Luke Hoover from Roto-Wire. I know we're a little bit over segment today, but get th- this will give you time to get your questions in. You can tweet us at ESPN, 1460-1550. Email the Debt Popper inbox, call the Carney Chicken Coop fan line, or you can uh, Facebook us as well. And don't forget, the Chicken Coop is open for lunch. It's Thursday. What are they having today, Caleb? Got some of those uh, shrimp po'boys. That's Caleb's favorite. If you want to try something a little different than all the great chicken they have, had the peppercorn steak earlier this week. It is so awesome. It's like my favorite thing on the menu. If you want a big meal, uh, ribs are a great big meal. But if you just want a burger, a sandwich, try the wings, it's all there for you while you're watching the NFL tonight, college football this weekend. Whenever it is, come on in and enjoy an ice-cold beverage, play a little Keno, and hang out with your friends, co-workers, family at the Carney Chicken Coop Sports Bar and Grill.
2: This week a Custom Pack of Heastings, get a five-pound box of 24-ounce ground beef patties, only $13.95 each. USDA Choice Bullets Beef Top Sirloin, only $5.35 a pound. And a five-pound bag of chicken wings, only $10.95 each. It's all at Custom Pack of Heastings.
6: At Custom Pack,
0: you're a
1: neighbor. world's
0: best thoroughbreds competed the 28 million dollar breeders cup world championships friday and saturday at santa anita simulcast for wagering at faner parks finish line restaurant and sports lounge 13 races 13 chances to strike it rich in the biggest prize money event in sports four races friday starting 4 25 p.m nine races saturday 2 5 p.m the breeders cup world championships friday and saturday plus Kino full dining and bar at the finish line grand island When it's time for a time change, like at the end of Daylight Savings Time, there's only one time to do it. This year, November 6th. When it's time for a residential change, there's only one Rocky Geyser at REMAX Executives. And only one OneRocky.com. Just as falling back an hour in autumn is like clockwork, so is Rocky Geyser's reliability when it comes to real estate. You can set your clock by Rocky's experience and know-how. When it's autumn, you set your clock back. When it's time for a residential change, you call Rocky Geyser at REMAX Executives. Or log on to OneRocky.com. Winter is right around the corner. And now is the time for the buy three, get one free tire sale on now at all Graham Tire locations. Buy three, get one free on all Goodyear Wrangler Adventure at Light truck tires. Or buy three, get one free on all Goodyear Assurance Comfort Tread Touring and Goodyear Assurance All-Season Tires. Save money on
3: auto
1: service, too. You don't want to miss this sale. The buy three, get one free tire sale on now at all Graham Tire locations. Graham Tire, your auto service center and tire store next door.
0: For Central Nebraska's ESPN Superstation, it's always playoff season. KICS Hastings, KXPN Carney. ESPN Superstation
2: Sports Center. Good afternoon to Michael and Sports Center update on ESPN. The Big Ten will play six Friday night football games a year starting in 2017 and continuing through at least 2022. The games are being added as part of the conference's new television agreements with ESPN, ABC, and Fox. The six games will be spread over September and October and will allow more Big Ten schools to get national exposure. The Big Ten has had Friday night games on Labor Day weekend. Those games will continue and be counted among the six each year. The conference expects to announce the 2017 Friday night schedule within the next week or so. Michigan and Penn State already have declined to host Friday night games on their campuses. All eyes are on Ohio State quarterback J.T. Barrett as the Huskers get ready to play the Buckeyes on Saturday in Columbus, Ohio. Barrett has thrown for 1,675 yards and 17 touchdowns so far this year. He's rushed for 531 yards and six scores. Nebraska defensive coordinator Mark Banker says Barrett can hurt a defense with a run and the ability to throw the ball deep. On the deep balls, uh,
6: the biggest thing for us is to be able to stay over the top, anywhere between the speed of the receivers and the fact that, uh, I mean, he, he launches the ball on the deep throws now. He'll throw it out of the ballpark.
2: Saturday's game gets underway at 7. Pre-game show begins at 2 o'clock on the Breeze, KLIQ 94.5. Hastings College volleyball team beat Concordia last night in Seward. The scores were 16-25, 25-14, 27-25, and 25-19. Logan Drupal led the way with 12 kills. Sage Meyer had 11. Hastings is now 23-2 in the season, 14-1 in the conference. They'll play host to Dort College on Saturday. And The Hastings College women's basketball team beat Friends University last night, 61-55 in Wichita. The Broncos are now 2-0 on the season. That's a sports update. I'm Mike Will.
3: Dug and Daddy's show. Three years ago yesterday was the famous Hail Mary against Northwestern. And yesterday was the time that... Chicago Cubs won the World Series. This is the first day where the Royals can't say they are the defending champs. It's time for our Fanatics Fantasy Football Challenge winners to be announced this week. Jace mx 9 is their dominant winner this week. $25 gift to Fanatics and entered in the $200 Super Bowl party at the end of the year. Hammer, $59.35, free large Fanatics pizza. Congratulations. You can get signed up each and every week. Play for free at ESPNSuperStation.com.
0: It's time for a fantasy football update with fantasy football expert Luke Hoover of RotoWire.com. Send in your fantasy football questions now and let Luke guide your fantasy team to a championship.
3: It is crazy and we thank Luke for joining us here a little later on the Doug and Daddy show. Luke Hoover, RotoWire. How are you, man? I'm uh,
7: doing great. Looking forward to a football weekend. Uh, you know, now the baseball season's in the close.
3: How did uh, how did our fantasy baseball uh, season go for all involved?
7: You know, what? I, I, I'll be very honest with you. I can't keep up with it. <laughs> the summer while I'm getting ready for football. I you know I haven't played in in a few years.
3: Well, I hear you as well, but Rotawire has everything you need for every fantasy sport that is out there. And, uh, Luke, uh, I was mentioning at the top of the broadcast when we were talking about getting questioned in for you. In my own personal leagues, which there are many, I don't remember seeing this many drops and ads in a single week outside of maybe week one ever. I know there's a lot of teams on buys, but everybody's scrambling two or three, a Tim Hightower, uh, a Tampa Bay tonight. All of a sudden, we've got two or three opportunities to maybe get some running backs in to help out.
7: Yeah, a lot of shuffling. You know, and We've seen it all season long with the running back position in particular, but um, the bye weeks obviously are a big factor. You know, A lot of talented guys that are going to be off, um, but you know it. Right now we've got three different Tampa Bay running backs that might be useful this, tonight in the game. And you know, Obviously you mentioned Hightower, Charkendrick West for the Chiefs is probably going to see the field a lot if Spencer Ware's concussion keeps him out. You know, there's a lot of guys that suddenly can have some value for teams that might
6: need uh, a replacement.
3: What do you suggest at the uh, Tampa Bay running back position tonight? If uh, you're going against an Atlanta defense, as good as they are offensively, their defense isn't all that great.
7: Yeah, no, that's very true. But and if you really do need uh some running back help, you know, I think the guy that's probably gonna see the, the most touches is Anton Smith, uh, you know, the former Falcon. Uh very really familiar with the dirt cutter offense. Uh and I think that uh, Tampa's gonna be throwing the ball a fair amount. Uh unfortunately they're not gonna be able to slow down Atlanta's passing game after what we saw Oakland do to them. I'm I'm guessing that's gonna be the case. So I think Smith is gonna be productive as a receiver. I actually like Mike James, though, to lead them in rushing. Uh, and, and I know they just brought him in, but I wouldn't be surprised for them to stick him out there. He's had some success there. It's been a while, but his rookie year, you know, he had the, a big shocker when they went to Seattle and he ripped them for over 150 yards on the ground. He's got more size to run between the tackles than Smith, and he's a better overall athlete and player than, than Peyton Barber. So won't be surprised to see James and Smith kind of as a tandem back there with Barber waiting in the wings.
3: All right, if you've got a question for Luke, remember, tweet, Facebook, or uh, email the Dent Popper inbox. Let's get to Mark. He says, please rank these three wide receivers in the order that you would play them in a standard league. Ty Montgomery, Marvin Jones, Terrell Williams.
7: Well, Williams is dealing with a little bit of an injury, but I think he's going to be fine and play, and I would definitely put him at the top of that list. Uh, I like the matchup. Um, Travis Benjamin is also dinged up. I think going to be a little more limited than Williams, so I expect a, a fair amount of targets to go his way, uh, and, and possibly for him to get in triple digits uh, again, as he's done a couple times in the last few weeks. Uh, I would probably have to give uh, Montgomery a slight edge over Marvin Jones, to speak based on matchup. You know, he's going if he, assuming he's active. You know, want to pay attention to that because he's dealing with uh, some some setbacks from sickle cell trait that's caused him caused him to miss last week. But uh, he's playing against an indie defense that you can move the football on. He might continue to be you know, the guy out of the backfield for Green Bay taking carries. So he's going to be probably a little more productive than what Jones can do against Xavier Rhodes and that Vikings defense.
3: Luke Hoover of RotoWire with us here on the Dug and Daddy Show to the Twitter. <laughs> Excuse me, this comes from Carson. If Steve Smith does not play, who is the better pickup? Kenny Stills, Torrey Smith, or Kendall Wright?
7: Well, it's tough between Wright and Stills, but I'm going to take my chances with Kenny Stills going against that Jets defense. I had to upgrade him in my column this week. You know, it's been just one game all season out of eight that the Jets have failed to give up a pass over 40 yards. You know, Smith is that deep threat for Miami. You know, his last game coming off uh, 100 yards and a touchdown. He's got two long touchdown catches already this season. would not be surprised if he can get a third.
3: Here, here's a dandy for you. Uh, running back, Standard League, T.J. Yeldon, Tim Hightower, Jalen Richard.
7: That one's actually pretty easy, uh, and it's got to be Tim Hightower for me. Uh, they featured him as one of the top upgrades in my column this week. That 49ers run defense has been absolutely horrible. So basically any running back who's going to touch the ball in double-digit times, uh, he, you know, he's a guy you want in your lineup. I would be surprised to see H- Hightower you know, play with uh, around 100 yards rushing and get in the end zone. He's probably still going to split a little bit with Mark Ingram. I don't think he's going to completely dominate Terry this week after Ingram fumbled. I think they will give him a chance to redeem himself. But Hightower's is definitely a guy you want to play.
3: you think Roethlisberger goes this week?
7: It wouldn't surprise me. You know, he's – you know, I probably said it on the show before, he's as tough as they come. I, I think that the quarterback position, he's, you know, almost like this generation's Brett Favre. He has missed a lot of a lot more games, but he almost takes even more speedy. And, you know, he goes out there hurt, you know, on a regular basis. Uh, I kind of expect him to play. I'd be a little more surprised if he didn't.
3: We are chatting here on the Doug and Daddy shows we do every Thursday, with Luke Hoover of a Roto-Wire. I saw the interesting stat that Ben off the injury, because he's had quite a few of them, really stinks it up that first week back. Uh, how many type of guys, where would you put him if you had him on your roster uh, as far as starting this week?
7: Uh, well, you know, it's going to obviously depend on who your alternatives are. Uh, there's, you know, again, we said the bye weeks are tough. So if Roethlisberger is active, it's going to be hard to, to suit up a quarterback that's that's a better player than him. But, again, you might be able to play matchups. Uh, you know, if you have a guy like Dak Prescott who's been playing great, he's got a great matchup with Cleveland. You know, even Josh McCown I would consider starting over Roethlisberger in that same game with Dallas coming to town. I think McCown's going to throw the ball a lot. Could be getting Corey Coleman back, so there's some matchup-based guys you could go with, but uh, not a lot of guys that are going to be more talented than Ross, Roethlisberger.
3: Again, get those questions in. We're going to do some studs and duds here in just a minute with Luke Hoover of Rotowire in a PPR. Which one of these running backs would you set? Ryan Matthews, Matt Forte, Antoine Smith?
7: I, you know, as I said before, I think Smith's going to be pretty involved as a receiver tonight. I would probably sit Ryan Matthews if it's PPR. You know, Darren Sproles seemed to take the lead back um, duties over from him last week. He had 15 carries and caught the ball five times. Matthews did get in the end zone. and I think he's always going to be a threat to score because he's easily their, their best um, goal back. But, uh, you know, of that group, I think Smith can catch anywhere from, you know, four to six passes tonight, maybe even a little bit more if Atlanta gets an early lead.
3: Quarterback question, uh, Russell Wilson, Marcus Mariota.
7: You know, it's not something I would have ever guessed in the preseason, but I have to go with Mariota. You know, Wilson's really struggled, uh, you know, hasn't thrown a touchdown in weeks. You know, he's obviously not running the ball with his, his um, you know, lower body knees, ankles bothering him a little bit. And offensive line's not the best. The matchup's fine you know, he gets Buffalo, you know, at home, but Mariota's been consistent uh, in recent weeks especially.
3: Luke, is there any certain player, because it comes to mind here maybe for Russell Wilson, that is so much, you upgrade so much more when they play at home in a primetime game than, say, on the noon Sunday road game?
7: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I think Drew Brees comes to mind. Uh, You know, in this case, he's got a great road game uh, against the really bad 49ers defense, but he's been known to struggle on the road uh, in particular, and he's also been known to really light it up in primetime. You know, Russell Wilson's. Been similar in that way, so I wouldn't be shocked if he goes out and has a nice game against the Bills. But you know, Mariota's um, getting the job done. You know, he's, he's got multiple touchdowns in four straight.
3: Let's take a look at some of the studs and duds
7: uh, for this week. Sure. So we've already talked about at least one of them, um, but I'll reiterate. High is a guy I definitely want my lineup. He's a great flex. You know, high-end RB two this week. Um, the running back that I'm going to downgrade is actually in that same. Seattle game we were just referencing, and I think you have to downgrade LaShawn McCoy. You know, they, We might not know until uh, game time if he's, if he's going to be active. He missed last week with the hamstring injury, so I just want to remind people the Monday night kickoff, you know, unless you own Mike Gillisley, you can't put McCoy in your lineup. That's a huge risk, and it's actually a terrible matchup with a guy that might just be limited at best, even if he is active. Uh, you know, as far as quarterbacks go, you know we just saw him have a huge week. Last week, but I think Derek Carr comes way, way down to earth going against huh. Denver. You know, he's he's really struggled against them last year, and he's actually not been that consistent this season. Uh, he's only had one t- uh, passing touchdown in four different games, so he's a bit boomer bust. You know, uh, to upgrade, I, I actually went against him a couple weeks and made him my dud and, and uh, regretting it. But it looks like Aaron Rodgers is finally back. You know, and now he gets to play a Colts defense to just let Nick Foles and Alex Smith throw for over three hundred and three touchdowns combined. Really like him this week, especially with the lack of the ground game there for the Packers. Now, with that said, I've got Devontae Adams as my stud at the receiver position. You know they're going to be throwing it all night. He's had 30 targets over the last two weeks and 25 catches. So especially in PPR leagues and really in any format, I think Adams is a stud. Uh, and you know going back to that Denver game, got a downgrade. Amari Cooper, to Talib pretty much owned him last year as a rookie. In fact, the the second time they played, he didn't catch a single one of his eight targets. He's been phenomenal this year, you know, and he's he's coming off a really hot stretch of four games, but I think he struggles.
3: So would you put Patterson in over Cooper?
6: I don't know
7: that I would chance a guy like Cordero Patterson. I, I liked him you know recently, but the the way that that uh, Minnesota offensive line is playing really worries me with that whole offense. Uh, you know I think Stefan Diggs is going to continue to, to kind of dominate targets, you know, and Kyle Rudolph has a good matchup with the Lions, but I, other than that, I don't really like that offense at all this week.
3: Jeff and Hastings says, with a new offensive coordinator at Minnesota, will that revive their running game?
7: You know, it's, it's possible, but what would really revive that running game is better blocking. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know that the offensive coordinator can really fix that, not in one week, and especially not if Jerry McKinnon, you know, remains out. Uh, I, I'm a you know, proponent of Matt Asiata. I think he's an underrated player. You know, I own him, but he's really just a, you know, between the tackles, north-south, take what, you know, is blocked type of runner. So if there's no lane, he's probably going down, and he's going to continue to average, you know, about three and a half to you know, or less yards per carry. He's not going to be busting off a lot of long runs. Um, I don't expect that, that uh, offense to improve dramatically with the new coordinator.
3: All right, Luca, we'll let you go, and uh, always appreciate the knowledge here on the Doug and Daddy Show. We'll see you next Thursday. Thanks, guys. Luke Hoover, Rotowire, jam-packed today on the Doug and Daddy Show, uh, brought to you by Fanatics. Stop in and enjoy their great pizza, outstanding wings, and on a beautiful day like this, you can hang outside and watch all the games uh, in the bullpen. You can catch the NFL tonight. Uh, Zach Stirrup, uh, by the way, has got back to the practice squad here for the Kansas City Chiefs. We've got some of the all-district Uh, Academic honors that are coming out, UNK's Tyke Kojel gets it uh, for the Lopers in the MIAA, three Huskers, Chris Weber, Mick Stoltenberg, and Logan Rath out of Giltner on that list as well. And Katie Rolfson of the Huskers named one of the 10 finalists for the NCAA Women's Volleyball Senior Class Award. We talked about how uh, big that is of an award, and uh, congratulations to uh, Rolfson on that Senior Class Award. You're going to have a new all-time single-season rushing leader in Nebraska. Heartland's Austin Stewart had 334 more last night. He needs 13 yards. To become the all-time leader, uh, state football action. Elm Creek will host Burwell at six o'clock next Tuesday on Classic Hits 98.9. Blue Hill will go up to Twin Loop. That's Sergeant Luke County on the Breeze 94.5 next Tuesday. That game is at five o'clock. Ansley Litchfield goes out to Sand Hills. Thedford among the teams that are still left in our area, and Palmer will host Chambers Wheeler Central tomorrow on the Dug and Daddy Show. Jimmy Lyons in for his selections. hundred dollars. In the uh, Pixian Pickham Prize Vault, we will also uh, be talking a little more Breeders' Cup on the show with our friend Gino Bucola and the voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes, Paul Keels. will break down the game as well. Thanks to our folks uh, coming in today, goaltender for the Tri-City Storm, Dayton Rasmussen and David Fine. Also, Barry Abrams of ESPN.com is in the gate. And Luke Hoover, plus UNK baseball coach Damon Day. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: You've been listening to a Doug and Daddy podcast brought to you by Cunningham's Drew. Cunningham's Journal. The only bar you need to know in Carnage.
1: Oh, darling, I feel like amazing. Don't make me do that again. Game over!